Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when they're stuck on a dynamic island. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way, or a new iPhone or two along the way. Whoa! Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow! What an original joke. That's That's got to be our laugh quota for the day, Noah. That was very well done. Thank you. And that was, that was a great laugh that you, that you did there. That's definitely our laugh quota mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, Noah, I think that was the first time uh, in 61 episodes that we've had to do a retake. I mean, uh, we've never done a retake and everything went perfectly smoothly. That would never happen and there's no proof. I mean, don't look on YouTube, but like, you know, there's no proof. Yeah. If you don't look, there's no proof. Yeah. So, folks... The iPhone 14 Pro has been out for about 48 hours right now. And I've got, well, okay. I I have been testing with six of them. Six iPhones. Six iPhones of, of the course. Pro and Pro Max varieties. Of course. Yes. Now, there, there are reasons for why six of them have come across my door, some of which are valid, and others of which are concerning, and others of which are simply stupid. Mm-hmm. So let me start off first, Noah, by getting your impressions. I've been sitting here talking about my thoughts on this thing. I did that yesterday. I did a video today that I put out that hopefully people have seen. I want to hear your impression your first 48 hours my impressions i would say are kind of mixed and i don't know Mm. fully uh what your impressions are i think i might have watched one of your videos or i saw some of your tweets but i don't think i've seen everything so we'll definitely have a good discussion about that but i will say there are some things uh i don't know how much we want to get into it right off the top but i'll say the dynamic island uh is cool but maybe a little underwhelming in some cases Mm. i'll say the always on display is uh kind of cool but also uh a little bit strange it's like really really on uh and that's something that we'll talk about as well so kind of kind of interesting uh the the purple color i went with uh the flagship color because i always like to go with the flagship color and i am mixed on it so here's Mm. the purple you you can kind of see it purple from some angles, but from some angles, it really doesn't. Like, this doesn't look purple right now. That it looks, looks space same. gray. Holy that looks crap. the same as yours. And then you go to this angle. I mean, there's a blue light behind me, but, you know, it looks more purple. Wait, the same as mine? What do you mean? Mine's this. purple as well. Oh, that's purple? I thought you had a space gray one. Yeah. No, it's purple. Yeah, okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so that's... there we go. Organic in the wild. Noah just didn't even notice that I was holding up the same exact phone that he has. Yeah, I thought part partially because I thought you you said that you were getting the space gray, but also like looking at that, it didn't look I don't know. That's mm. I that definitely so, got me. So f- first of all, I gotta correct you, it's not space gray anymore. That's oh. gone. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. space black. Yeah. Of course. And of course. 
So that, I guess we can go into one of the first reasons why I've had six iPhones 14. Uh, I had initially got a gold phone because I did not like the purple. And I knew I was going to get the regular Pro in purple uh, that I am probably going to sell. Or I think my parents might need a new phone. But either way, I knew I was going to get one in purple. So I was like, okay, I am not a big fan of the purple. I already have one in purple. Uh, I'm not going to get another phone that I'm going to keep for a year in purple. So I decided to go back to gold because I had the gold iPhone 10s max and I really liked that color. I guess that was their first flagship color since moving over to the notch design, right? Uh, it was silver and black before then. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, you know what? We'll try it again. We'll go for gold. However, as I've been filming some of the other iPhones that I've come into contact with uh, through Donglebook Pro, who's who's here helping me out with these reviews, he got the space black one. And I have to say, Noah, it's the best color. Wow. I was wrong. Hmm. Look at this. Okay, this is the black oh. one. Yeah. Okay. It's so stealthy and clean and just like like it it's it's darker than the previous colors on the 12 Pro and the 13 Pro which were graphite. Mhm. This is noticeably more just like matte black and it is super tasty. I really hope it stays clean. I have put a matte screen protector on it, which I don't know if you can see there. It does make the mm-hmm. camera and the face ID sensor a little noticeable, yeah. but it keeps the screen really, really clean, and it feels really nice. Mm. So those are my two big things. I've I, I've been away from dark color phones, and I've never, ever used a screen protector, but this year things are changing. That is definitely interesting because I agree. Like I, I mean, for a while, black at the very beginning, black was the only option, and then there was black and and white yeah. or black and silver. And I always went for the silver, uh, the option, silver option, so that my six plus and my six S plus were both yeah. uh, silver, even with the white front, which I kind of liked. I know you didn't like that, but no. I liked that. Wrong. I know. I know. Wrong. I know. We've had this discussion before. I like. I like that. And then on the on the ten. I had the white back and I will say it was nice, you know, the, the, the front was totally black, but the back of the phone was white and I did have a case on that mm. phone, but it was a clear case so that you could see the white. Cause I really liked that. So I like the, uh, the different colors. And then when Apple started doing like flagship colors or, you know, more than just two color options on the phones, I always like those cause it's like, it's fun. It's, you know, a new color every year. I guess you could argue that all of these colors are new, but you know the black isn't as you know the the dark phone and the and the light phone are similar. Just tweak the color a little bit. But I will True. say, I'll give you know, you that the purple this year is like it's kind of cool, but it's like really really dark. It doesn't. It's nothing like uh, like what was it Sierra blue last year, right? I really really liked that color. Yeah, the blues. I mean, I'm a sucker for blue. Uh, I, I don't like a dark color. I do, I do kind of like the Alpine green mm-hmm. that I they like did that. as the mid cycle update. Yeah. That's a fantastic color. So I think the purple is disappointing. The only reason that I recognize that this is 
a purple phone is because I used the purple uh, wallpaper. Mm. This is Ian Zelbo's wallpaper pack, Ribbons. It looks very good. It's sort of inspired by iOS 16. And it's purple, so it kind of matches. And it kind of makes the purple more noticeable because it's purple. But honestly, I think the purple is underwhelming. But to be honest, I think I was more underwhelmed. Okay, let me let me rephrase that because I really like the space black and I think that's one of the best looking. It just looks amazing in my opinion. So I'm not underwhelmed by that. I am underwhelmed, as you mentioned earlier, by the dynamic island. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's dynamic enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I think... A lot of the time it sits, you know, it's always sitting up there. And if you press on it, it like vibrates your phone a little bit. And it like, you, you know, when you press on it and it goes like boop and then it goes back down and it vibrates. And that's yeah. a lot of fun. I could do that all day. But oh, yeah, but it's not doing anything. It's just sitting there. And I agree. I think that they that Apple could do even more with it than they're doing right now. So the thing that disappointed me the most was notifications are normal. Why? So, here's the thing. The the dynamic island intrudes into your display more. You could I don't know if you saw there, but I had the little AirPods Max notification which has a little 3D model that spins around. Love that. Mm-hmm. Beautifully executed. And the dynamic island, I think the promise of it is great because it's like okay, Now that area up there, which before was just a cutout, can actually do stuff and you can show things in there. But notifications have not changed. So if I get a text, a banner comes out, phases through the dynamic island, which is weird, and then it actually sits lower in the screen because of the spacing and the fact that the dynamic island is lower. And I'm like, bro, if you're going to put a dynamic island up there, it's got to do everything, okay? I don't want to get a single banner notification ever again. That needs to just go and then go like, I, I think, I think it's kind of half-assed. They've, they've given it a couple of nice features, but it, it, it needs to be the only way to get information at the top of your screen, not just one of them. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the notifications, especially like you said, that they come down even lower on the screen, it's it's weird. I think it would make perfect sense if the dynamic island opened up and it could still support, like imagine yeah. the animation. Because you know, when you have a notification, you can pull down on it to see like the reaction options. Imagine, imagine the animation that of the of the notification like popping out of the dynamic island and into like a little thing that would be Ooh. so cool because like okay wait wait i know exactly what you mean because you know when you get a text and you drag it down mm-hmm. and it gives you that little square text mm-hmm. if if it did it like if you have messages in dark mode the the background is already black so it would fit Mm-hmm. And it would basically just be like, you mo- you know, move that square up so it includes the dynamic island. And it would just like, the notification would be the whole width. And you drag it down and it would just expand vertically. And the keyboard would pop up 
you'd type, 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 tap in, in the middle, and it would just go shloop back into the island. Bro, that is a great idea. Yeah, I definitely <sighs> think notifications are a big one. The other one that I find kind of strange is, you know when you open the AirPods next to the phone and the card slides up from the bottom? I feel like that could also be, because it's partially integrated, like you said with the AirPods Max, mm. where it shows you the animation. Same thing with the AirPods Pro. I feel like they could do the battery, like you flip it open and it just comes out of the dynamic island. And it's like, oh, per battery percentage, battery percentage, because that... That card that comes up yeah. has so much wasted space in it. It's just... It does. All you care about is two numbers, and then it has, like, all this other stuff. That could fit perfectly in the Dynamic Island, and it would be another thing that just goes in there, and it's not, like, a card that comes up from the bottom. That's a very... That's another great idea. I mean, there's just so many ways that you could work on it, uh, and there are so many things that it does right now that I think are really irritating. Like, the three things that have bothered me the most in order of bothersomeness. Mm -hmm. One, if you get a FaceTime call, it comes out of the dynamic island. Audio call, FaceTime call, FaceTime audio, whatever, right? That's great, love that. However, if you hit the green accept button, it doesn't accept the call. It opens the FaceTime screen where you then click join to mm -hmm. join the call. So, the green and you can get there just by tapping on the rest of the notification. So the green button is pointless; it doesn't do anything. Uh, so that's stupid. They gotta fix that. <laughs> the next most irritating thing is uh, I really like the way the Dynamic Island works for maps. That is an area where they made the Dynamic Island actually good because it shows you, you know, left, right, straight, or the and then the number of feet before your turn. Uh, and then if you're driving, it also bubbles out and shows you the lanes and stuff. That is great. I love that. However, if you do transit directions, it gives you literally nothing. The only thing that it shows if you do transit directions is a train icon. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't update. It doesn't tell you how far. It doesn't tell you where. If you click on it, it just tells you the destination. That's... I put that in my video. I was doing a navigation to Union Station from the White House. So I was at the White House, which meant I have to I had to walk like three or four blocks, get on the red line, and take it five stops to Union Station. The only thing it shows is a train, and you click on that to expand it, and it says to Union Station and then end route. Nothing else. That's like super not helpful. I feel like the one thing that you know yeah. is like where you're going. That's like the one thing that you know when you're getting directions is where you're going. Yeah. The whole point of the directions is how do I get there? Yeah. If there was an app that was like, I know how to get anywhere, but I just don't know where to go. I don't think many people would download that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah. So the thing, and so like you can make it so much better, right? Like, okay, off the top of my head, first of all, the first part of the the transit direction is me walking to the metro stop. So that should display. <clears throat> I just died a little inside. That should display exactly the same way as walking directions. It should tell you, like, left, right, straight, and then how many feet. That's pretty easy and obvious. The second thing it should do is it should tell you 
what times the train is expected. So you know how when you're driving, you have the arrow on the left and the distance on the right? Mm-hmm. It should give you the the color, number, or whatever of the train you're supposed to get on or the bus. And it should tell you the time the bus is expected on the right. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. That information is all in maps. It tells you that. They have the data. All you got to do is show it. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And then when you're on the train, it could say like five stops, four stops, three stops. Bro, come on. That's perfect. That would be amazing. Uh, and, and it's not like they haven't thought out transit at all. That was the weird thing. It's like, I thought, okay, maybe it's just, just an oversight. But when you actually get to the station in, in Washington, D.C., we have smart trip cards that go in Apple Wallet. So you just tap your phone and boop, boop, in you go. And when you do that, uh, the card does this. It comes out of the dynamic island. The card recognizes and then it does a little twirl. It like spins. It goes back up into the left corner of the dynamic island and it displays the remaining balance on the card on the right side. It's pretty it's nice. It's great. That's nice. So I'm like, you come up with that, but then when I'm trying to actually go there, I just see a train. Come on. What the hell is that? Yeah, I think... I think there are definitely some areas where the dynamic island is underutilized. And I guess the good news is that it's a software feature. So yeah. these could be added in, you know, future updates, hopefully by minor updates as opposed to like next year. But you never know. You never know what Apple's going to do. Yeah, I mean, some of the things... Oh, the, the, the most annoying thing. I forgot. So... One of my favorite features is also one of the most annoying features because, oh God, please don't switch my AirPods over here. Uh, I'll hold it up here. You're playing music, right? I love that you get the album artwork and you get the little playing icon. And my favorite part is that you touch it and it pops out a little player and you hit pause, right? Oh my God, dude, we're down three of six wall panels already. That one did a flip off the wall. <laughs> That was impressive, just like the uh, the transit card does in the animation. Oh, yeah. So you pause your music, right? You exit out. But the problem is, if we wait just a second here, it goes away. Mm-hmm. So you, if you're listening to music and doing stuff, it's great because it shows up right there. You can click it. You can pause. But after literally five seconds... It's now gone, and that means I can't I can't get it back. I have to go to control center. So it eliminates control center only on one part of the interaction. And like it's still showing in the in the lock screen and the always on display even as well. Look at that. Still shows in the always on display, but not in the island. That they just need to make it stay there for like three minutes, maybe. Something like that. Yeah, that was something that I also noticed in my time uh, playing around with it. And it's kind of annoying because it's not like if there were something else that was going to go in there, that's one thing. But it just went back to yeah. doing nothing. So what was the point exactly. of getting rid of it? 
like I get that if if you did something else, it could like replace that function, but it, the dynamic island wasn't doing anything. Like I, I, it doesn't really impact my using of the phone if I still see the album up there. If anything, it reminds me like, oh yeah, I'm still listening to music, and what song it is. I don't know. Wow, four out of six already. Holy cow. Yeah, new adhesive. Yeah, I think. Um, so I saw on Twitter, I think I have some some context, Noah, for why things are like this. Okay. I saw on Twitter, the Apple employee responsible for the Dynamic Island tweeted on launch day, like, so happy to see my project make it out there. Mm-hmm. And essentially, from what it looks like with that tweet and some other information that I've seen, I think one person... Or potentially, like, maybe five people tops worked on the Dynamic Island from the software perspective. Wow. And references to it don't even predate, like, in the software, don't predate August. Really? Yeah. So, essentially, what we think is, this is, like... I. I it seems very intentional, but I don't think Apple was planning on doing this with that space until very recently. That's really, that's really, conv- the one thing that's throwing me off is didn't they specifically have like special uh, processing uh, thing? Oh my God. <laughs> it's funny, but like, I wish it weren't so loud. Yeah, um, that's true. I don't even know how loud it is because I've never experienced it in person until two weeks from now. Yes, well, you will. But um, yeah, it's they they have like that special part of the processor that handles the animations, right? Is that is that true, or is that like them uh, like marketing talk, or like because that made it seem like it was much more planned out? Ah, uh, okay. I think. I think it's probably marketing talk. Like, there's not another GPU that does that. They just have, like, a certain cache that's, like, dedicated to that. Yeah. Like, I, it's it's not that crazy to think that they could just, like, allocate a set amount of processing power to it without it being physically part of the chip. Because, like, the A16 chip is going to be in many phones some of which won't have the dynamic island. So I don't know about that. Definitely sounds like marketing talk. Um, but I just thought it was very interesting given that it's it seems like a very, very small team worked on this. Potentially even one person. Um, and I'm just like, first of all, I guess impressed if that is true. I hope that that person got an absolutely gigundo raise because Uh that pretty much made this whole generation um like wow and i also hope that that person will talk to the rest of the ios team and get them on board to start using this thing because it really just needs to replace every single like everything that goes in a status bar everything that goes into a push notification anything that pops up on the screen it can all go up there it's like the most versatile thing that they could do. 
Yeah, yeah. There's definitely more that they could do. And I guess, like, I would be kind of surprised from, like, you know, a software engineering perspective. Kind of surprised. Not impossible, but just kind of surprised if it's such a small team. But I guess, like, Apple is very secretive. And so they would definitely mm -hmm. want the fewest people possible to know about this feature because it's, like, the big main feature. And obviously that worked because there were no... The, the closest leaks that we got were that those two indicator lights were going to be inside of the thing. That was all we got, which is basically yeah. nothing. So... You know, from a from Apple perspective and being secretive, it makes sense that they would want it to be a small team or that they wouldn't want to go to all of the different teams and, and tell them about it because that's more people that know, more potential for it to leak. I would still Absolutely. be kind of surprised if it was such a small team, but I guess I can understand, you know, from both sides. I think we got to talk about the always-on display next, huh? Seems I logical. So. Yeah. Now... I think you probably have one of the better use cases for the always-on display. Because for those of you who don't know, Noah loves to go on a good bike ride. I sure do. I, uh, I do quite a bit of road biking, both for commuting and for, you know, just for fun. Um, but, you know, I hypothesized it might have been on the last episode or it might have been you know, somewhere else that, that the always on display might be kind of nice for cycling. And I went on a relatively short ride yesterday, but just to try it out. And it was in fact, uh, it was in fact pretty nice. And I, I made a tweet about it that, uh, some people seem to like some people, there is a fun, there is the, all the funny reactions. Uh, so I made a tweet where I had, you know, my phone is mounted on a phone mount on my bike and, uh, and I just recorded a video uh, biking with the always on display. And I said, you know, it's nice to be able to check the time and notifications at a glance. And there were some funny comments about, uh, trying out, oh, you're going to try out crash detection next because you're going to crash your bike by looking down at your phone, which, you know, that's fair. I, as, as much as I did find that funny, I just want to say, um, <laughs> you know, I've biked a couple thousand miles and that's never been an issue and uh yeah, and an odometer and, on your bike well i track all of my uh bike workouts so Ooh, okay. so i do so I, basically. I i do know from the data that i've biked a few thousand miles but you know i mean people glance down like you glance down if you're driving a car there's usually a screen in front of your steering wheel you glance down at that or you have another screen you glance down at it you do a quick glance and that's totally fine i'm not talking about like staring down at my phone and like reading yeah. my notifications while i'm biking but you take a glance down it's okay so i just wanted to say that but it is very mm. nice to be able to see the time and to see if you have notifications. So if I wanted to pull over and respond to one, then I could do that. I'm not going to do it while I'm biking. I could pull over and do it. But it is very nice. And then someone else mentioned that uh, Apple Maps has really nice integration with the always-on display, which I haven't tried yet. I didn't even think about it. But I'll bet that would also be very nice, too. So that's my use case, and I think it's actually pretty cool for that. Yeah, I've found, so I did get a chance to try maps with the always on display and I don't know, I, I think it was a little basic. I mean, it basically shows you the same information, uh, but it, it, it kind of goes into a dark grayscale and it blurs out the whole map. So it's weird because it shows you like the, 
the directions and like the lanes and like how far it is and, and like what lane you need to be in at the top like it would normally. And then it shows you this like weird blurry blob and then it shows you like the ETA at the bottom like it would normally. So it just kind of looks like, I don't know. I mean, it gives you all the information and it does it without the screen being on. So that's better than it would have been before where your navigation is just, you know, full screen brightness, just absolutely demolishing your battery. Uh, so I guess that's good. But I would have liked maybe just like a little highlighted line, everything else dark. I think basically my take on the always on display is just that it's too on. Like it just looks like I didn't turn my phone all the way off and there, there's too much wallpaper. There's too many pixels lit up. I, I have found, especially on the 14 Pro that depending on the circumstance, it does it, it does draw a noticeable amount of battery if you let it really go for a long time. So I've got a real long-term test going on a phone that has no background app refreshes. So it's only the always-on display that's drawing power. And basically, we left it on for like 10 hours with always-on display turned off, and it stayed at 100%. Didn't move at all. Then we left it overnight again this tonight uh, with always-on display on. And we kept a light on above it so it stays on. And it went down to like 84%. It's still going now. We're, we're, it, we're just still going. We're like 17 hours into this. And now it's at like 67%. Uh, sorry, update. It's at 55% oh, right wow. now. After, I guess it's almost 24 hours now. So like that's a long time. But... Apple was like, oh, it doesn't drain the battery at all. That's physically not possible. It does drain the battery. Uh, I don't think it's it's battery drained to the point that most would find it egregious. Because realistically, you know, we did a 10-hour test. Right now we're doing a 24-hour test. How often is your phone actually going to be face up on a table? I can't imagine it would be for that long because like in a 10 hour test if you have six hours of screen on time in your day that means that you're either holding your phone or it's face up on a table that gives you no time for your phone to be in your pocket or doing something else or you know upside down on a table or anything so i don't think that would actually realistically happen all that often yeah i think you know, obviously it's good when it's in your pocket or I guess flipped over. I kind of did that the other night because I was just sitting next to me and I like kept looking at it and I was like, oh, the screen's on. And then I just flipped it over so I didn't have to like keep looking at it. I don't know. It, it takes, it'll yeah. definitely take some getting used to. Um, but I guess it's nice that you can sort of, you know, do that if, if you don't want it to be on. Yeah, that's true. I mean, honestly, I'm considering turning it off because I have found the battery to not be super impressive this year. Have you have you had a chance to like get a sense of of you of you know everyday usable battery life uh, in I guess only two days? But what is your impression? Yeah, I mean, yesterday was probably less than. 
I'd say yesterday was probably less less uh, long than the typical day because I kind of slept in a little bit longer and then I didn't go to bed super late. So it's a little bit less than the typical day. And I did end up getting down below 20%, maybe even around 10% mm. or something all the way down. Whoa. And some of it could be, uh, you know, recent, like it's still new and it's like doing stuff in the background. But I don't know because most mm. of that happened on Friday. So... My initial impression was not very impressed, but I think it's too early. Like, what is it right now? It's at 58% right now, but I also slept fairly late today. So I don't know how impressed I am with the battery, but I got to give it some more time. Yeah, I'm at I'm at 56 right now. Um I I woke up around 8 or so today, so it's been a it's been a while. Um I, so, okay, so I've had about, th- oh no, that's not that good actually, holy crap. I've only had three hours and six minutes of screen active time today, hmm. and that's gone from 100 down to 56%. I've had an hour and 52 minutes of screen idle, which I assume now means AOD. Um, so it does seem like the AOD is like, like there's... There's about four hours during the middle of the day here. I don't know if you can see that very well. There's about four hours there where the the screen usage is majority idle. But if you look at the graph of the battery level, you would imagine that given that there's less screen active time, that that, that should go down. It should be using less battery. But it seems to be just kind of chugging along. Uh that's not great. I think this comment sums it up pretty well. I think it would be nice if Apple give us more options to personalize the always-on display, like to disable the background and leave it black, especially with a lot of people saying battery is eh, maybe not that great this year. Having something that sucks more of it up, if we could customize that so it's only lighting up enough pixels to show time, date, widgets, that would be pretty nice yeah i think the always on display could be a bit less on definitely the background is the first place to start it is cool you know when you lift it up and the and the picture kind of comes comes back in but i think it would be better if it were black and then maybe you know i like that it shows the notifications but maybe it could go into grayscale because the notifications, like the mm. little app icons or, or people uh, pictures, whatever, are still colorful. And that's, I think, part of what's throwing me off. I feel like if it were in grayscale, then it would be more clear that it's off. And then when you lift it up and it comes into color, that could even look kind of cool. I wouldn't even mind having it just display a little grayscale, like, favicon. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like... I don't necessarily need to read the notification. It could just tell me that I have one from Twitter or I have a message or I have an email. Um, And that could just be like down at the bottom, just like a little thing with icons on it maybe. I don't know. I think the AOD is a good feature. Uh, I I think it's good to have hardware-wise. You can turn it off, wait for the, the software to be better. I think it needs more software. I think it needs to have customization realistically. Um, but I think it does contribute to some of the uh, slight woes that I have experienced with battery life. 
the biggest and most surprising one, Noah, was uh, I was actually able to run a 12 Pro Max versus 13 Pro Max versus 14 Pro Max test. And the thing that made that test interesting was because Dongle Book Pro, he brought, he brought over some phones and they are effectively new. So we had fresh 100% batteries on the 12 Pro Max and 13 Pro Max. So it's a very even comparison. Uh, all on the same iOS, all on cellular data, because obviously you're not always on Wi-Fi, so we wanted to get an idea of how cellular compared, all at 80% screen brightness. Now, we did a, I did a three-hour test, okay? And that was a three-hour constant usage test. So I actually sat there for three hours and I did 30 minutes scrolling through TikTok, 30 minutes scrolling through Instagram, 30 minutes scrolling through Twitter, then Reddit, then TikTok, then YouTube. Three-hour test, actually using the phones, all three of them, for three hours. Take a guess, Noah. What do you think after three hours of cellular data usage, heavily video content, what do you think the batteries would be at for each of the three phones? What do I think they would be at? So this is three hours. You said it was over cellular and it was mostly video or like social media stuff. Yes. I think that the, I'm going to guess that the 13 pro max is the winner. That's going to be my first, the first thing I'll say, that's my guess. Okay. And then, and I could be wrong, but that's going to be my guess. And then I'm going to say, I mean, how much well, how much battery would that use? I don't know, 30%? Maybe it would use up 30%, 35%? I'm just kind of guessing here, but uh, mm-hmm. but I guess that's that's my guess. Somewhere somewhere around there. So you're you're close on the 30%. Okay. The iPhone 14 Pro Max used exactly 30% of its battery. So we got down to 70. Okay. You're also correct that the 13 Pro Max was the one that fared the best. So that was at 77%, which is a substantial wow. difference. Yeah. Yeah. And the iPhone 12 Pro Max, in a not at all surprising turn of events, was stone dead last 62%. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the iPhone 12 series definitely is not good for battery life. That is easily the weakest point of, of the 12. However, I was surprised, given that the always-on display is not a factor here because it's constant screen-on time. Uh, I was surprised to see that the 14 Pro Max was 7% off of the 13 Pro Max. That, that was surprising to me. Yeah, the, the only thing I can think of is I guess the 14... 14- Pro Max has a brighter screen, maybe. So if they were mm. both at 80% of their totals, it might have been brighter. I wanted to talk, I don't want to derail you, but I do want to talk about it. I think that the 14 Pro screen is too bright. That's something else that I want to talk really? about. Really? Yes. Interesting. I mean, I haven't really had an issue with it. I don't keep it on full brightness. Like, I usually keep it on like a third. I think this looks pretty good. Yeah. It's not blowing out the camera here. Uh, I, I have noticed, I think you're right. Um, 
I've noticed that my my brightness settings have not really needed to get very high because the screen is just so bright all the time. Yeah, when I say too bright, what I mean is that the the um the auto uh, brightness feature goes too high. It's almost like the screen oh. got brighter and they didn't like recalibrate the software because I found myself a bunch of times staring at the phone being like, this screen is way too bright and then I have to go into the control center and turn it down. That's something that I found a lot with my phone. Oh, I did I did notice that happen once or twice. Uh, I mean, I like that feature outside because it makes the screen nice and bright mm -hmm. and you can actually see it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also have found that the phone doesn't get all that hot. So that's another good thing to have. Yeah. But I guess, you know, you're, you're probably right. I think it is likely just that the panel is brighter and the software isn't compensating for that yet. Yeah, it's an it's an easy fix on Apple's part. I've just noticed like a bunch of times indoors that I'm like it's just too bright right now, and then I go and turn it down. So I think that they'll fix it, but it was just something that that stood out to me. I got to talk about the big thing that stood out to me. Uh -huh. I've been saving this. Uh huh. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter or YouTube or TikTok or it's. It's getting some coverage. And now that I mentioned that, you definitely did see it because you sent me the Verge article that they wrote about my tweet. Yeah. So, folks, I don't know if I'm the one that broke the story, but I didn't really see anything about it. I guess I guess it was because Dongle Book Pro and I are doing this testing. We only made it like four hours before this started happening. So I guess maybe I did break the story just by being the unlucky person to witness this first. But we were we were getting ready to go uh, do a shoot with the cameras and like get some B-roll, get some footage from the built-in cameras and, and whatnot. And we heard like a buzzing sound as he was using Snapchat. And we were like, what? what what's that? And then the camera starts like, freaking out and wobbling and then buzzing really really loudly it was kind of scary to be honest and so basically what appears to be going on is that in third-party apps mainly tiktok instagram and especially snapchat perhaps it's software related but the optical image sent stabilization just wigs out and the entire camera just like starts buzzing and freaking out and flipping around and like hitting like crashing into the glass and the sides of the camera remember they're using sensor shift tech in the primary shooter now it's upgraded to 48 megapixels so my thinking is maybe the software isn't taking into account the difference in weight or something of the sensor and it's just like going haywire. Uh, it hasn't happened. We, we, we did get it to happen once or twice in the actual stock camera app, which was weird. But it's almost always... <laughs> did that hurt? Uh, not really. 
Surprise. For those me. listening, uh, the wall panel just bonked Noah on the head as it fell. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> but so so yeah, so the camera goes absolutely ape shit, freaks out, it 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 like buzzes, it makes weird robot sounds. You can see it moving. It it's moving a lot. And I suspect that it's a software thing at heart that's making it freak out. But the result of that was we actually got damage to the sensor. And the focus, especially, stopped working very well. Uh, I couldn't focus on things that are close up. It was having trouble racking focus. And uh, we even started to see some, like, vignetting on the edges of some of the frames. Like, it, it got bad. The sensor shift shifted a bit much. That is, that's really bad because I did see, I know you sent me uh, a video uh, of it happening and then obviously, you know, I saw some, some uh, news sites picked up on it as well. I tried it out on my phone. I haven't done much. I haven't used the camera much, but I, I wasn't able to get it. I have Instagram installed. That's the only one of those. Uh, three apps that I have, but I tried it on Instagram. It didn't seem to be happening. I thought maybe I was hearing some kind of a noise, but maybe that was something else. I have to, I have to try more. Mm. Um, but luckily not for me, but yeah. And it sounded like other people uh, on the internet had reported a similar issue. So it definitely seems like, I guess probably a software bug. It could very well be, you know, the hypothesis that you uh, put forward, but it is really like, uh, disappointing or I don't know what the right word is, but like to have these fancy, you know, these really nice new phones that just like destroy, destroy themselves and then Apple has to replace them. It's, it's a shame. I guess that's what I, what I meant to say. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we were able to get a replacement same day. We just like walked into the Apple store and got it switched out. So that was great. They just like immediately were like, oh, that's weird. Back it goes. But keep in mind that uh, that's just on, you know, we were on day one. That was 24 hours into phone ownership when Mm -hmm. you can very easily just like, even if it wasn't an issue that they covered, you can just return the phone and buy another one. Like it's still in the return window. So, like, it's just, like, it's not something that you would want to have happen in a year and one month, right when your warranty runs out, you know? It, it's not ideal. You, you don't really want to see things like that happening that quickly into ownership of the phone because, to me, that says if it's not if it's not a a software issue or if it can't be solved with a software issue, then you're going to end up with a lot of phones going in to get their whole camera modules replaced. And that could just be kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. I'm really hoping, uh, I guess for Apple's sake that it's a software issue and an easy fix because otherwise it's going to end up being a quality program or a recall or something. So it's definitely very early. It's always very early for all of this stuff, but it's very early for that. And we'll hope uh, that it's not actually um, a hardware issue. But 
you know, we don't we don't know yet. And here's a good question, actually. Uh, Juan asks this camera gate, which is I think apt. Uh huh. We'll see how long it takes them to start calling it that. Yeah. Uh, is it only for the Pro Max model or all Pro models? As far as I've seen, because I've been looking on TikTok and Instagram, and I'm starting to see that other people are having this issue. There's there's been a couple of videos that have gone like somewhat viral and and garnered significant attention that show that happening and as far as i can tell all of those videos are with the pro max Hmm. almost all of it seems to be the pro max but i did get a comment on my tiktok um that that said that they had experienced it on the pro so i guess it's possible i don't see why it wouldn't be it's the same camera system but as far as I can tell, it seems to be a Pro Max thing. Hmm. That is interesting. I guess I, uh, on my Pro, I haven't experienced it, so there's some more anecdotal evidence for, uh, for that claim. But would be kind of surprising if it's the same camera module. But uh, you know, could could be a Pro Max thing. That's why I don't get the Pro Max. It's one of the hey. reasons why I don't get the Pro Max. Hey, how's your battery life? buckaroo it's fine how's your screen it's too big that's not a problem for me buddy it's too I don't big. Have small hands i don't have i don't think i have small hands it's just that the screen is too big on a pro max okay i'm gonna concede to you noah that in my time fiddling about with the regular 14 pro i really do like the size it's there it's like it's one handable for me i can reach the corner well not the top right corner but i can mostly reach most of the corners Mm -hmm. and it's very light it's very small it fits easily in pockets it's i i get it all right look that's not what it's about okay it's not about practicality it's not about cost it's not about weight or size or any reasonable measure, okay? I just want a big, juicy battery, a big, juicy screen, and that's it. You know, you know, I understand that. And when we one day get the Apple foldable phone or whatever, uh, whatever version of a foldable phone Apple does, I think that will be... Uh, that'll be nice, a good compromise. Because I like, there are some times where it would be nice to have a bigger phone, but there are some times where I'm happy with, you know, the size that it is now. So I think I think we can both see both sides and, you know, we both have our phone that we like. And uh, and I think we can we can agree to disagree there. Uh, no, I don't agree. Okay, you're good. Wrong. I was I was lying. I wasn't actually gonna yeah, do that because that's you're what wrong. I thought. You son of a bitch. Yeah, I just come at me, bro. What are you gonna do? Throw your tiny little phone at me? It's like the size of a paperclip. Yeah, you could use your phone as a shield, and it would basically protect your entire body because it's so big. Yeah, that sounds like a great feature. Yeah, but it's not practical. Okay, it's very practical because you have to carry around a whole big shield. I've seen it. Okay. You're always lugging around this big wrought iron shield. I don't need to do that. I just have my phone. 
All right. It, honestly, it, look, look, this person said here, you get used to the Pro Max size quickly. You, sir, should know that because you, contrary to your whole moral argument here, used to own the iPhone 6 Plus and the 6S Plus. And then you got the iPhone 10. I understand that. But when you then had the opportunity to go back to a phone with the same footprint as the 6 Plus and 6S Plus, but a larger screen, better battery, and better everything, you said what? You said no. You're not going to do it. Why? Because you're a chicken. Yes, and I thank the iPhone 10 every day for showing me the mm -hmm. light, the true, perfect iPhone screen size. Once I went with that, I never went back. Well, I guess what you're saying is you sacrificed your morals. You had the opportunity when the iPhone 6 Plus came out. You could have said, that's a big phone. I don't need something that big. But you didn't because you knew that big was best. And then you switched because it was the only option to get the iPhone 10. And then you realized you were wrong. If you know, the iPhone 10 had had a plus, you would have gotten the big one, and we both know it. Maybe I, maybe that's true. Maybe that's true, but but I still don't know if that would have been. That could have been the bad ending. I think this was the good ending. Here's the thing that I'll say: when mm. the iPhone 10, the iPhone 10 and on, the screen took up a larger portion of the front of the phone because the big chin and the forehead were gone right so in the mm. earlier days in the primitive times we might even say it made sense yes. to get the bigger phone because the smaller phone was really small because of the chin and the forehead but when we moved on to these these uh these civilized times these modern times mm. with these big you know full screen phones the the larger size was no longer necessary you know at that point because we had you know a good sized screen on a reasonable sized phone and that was sort of really the change that was where where we entered the modern era of iPhones boo no the modern era is big is better. The iPhone mini failed because it wasn't big. <laughs> we all want big phones. I want a 12.9 inch iPhone. Oh yeah? Yeah. I'll have to sort of swap out my pants uh, for more of an apron with just a big front pocket that I'll just tuck it into. But that's it. If there's a bigger size, I will take it. Why do you think foldable phones are, are going crazy right now? It's like, I want a phone that's so big that no reasonable person could actually carry or use it. So I got to fold it in half just to move it around. Bigger is better. You know, first of all, I think that apron idea would be a great accessory for Apple to sell. But you know what? You should just go. Why don't you buy a 12.9 inch iPad? Or you already have one. Take your 12.9 inch iPad mm -hmm. and tape one of those mobile hotspot things to the back of it and there you go you got your 12.9 inch Could iphone just right get there. a cellular one or just get i forgot that there's a cellular one <laughs> there you go you don't even need it there you go uh, why aren't you doing that you're you're all you're all talk and you're not you're not you're no, no action i want to see you do that i want to see you carry around a 12.9 inch ipad as your main phone that's my challenge to you right now 
They don't have the apron in my size. No, no. You can oh if I get you an apron that fits the twelve point nine inch iPad, will you do it? My iPad isn't cellular. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. But I would. You would? Then just carry around yeah. your iPhone and use personal hotspot. See, but look, this is the thing, right? If you want a big screen on the move, you got to bring one with you. If I want a big screen on the go, it's already here. But look it's not that much I could, of a difference. It is. Look at this. It's it's a difference. Okay, but you're talking about we're talking about a 12.9 inch screen versus a five point something or a six point something screen. This, the 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 pro to pro max is a much smaller difference, and the, the so you the, admit it's not a big deal. I don't. It's not that big of a deal. I got you. Well, it's not that big of a deal, but I'm still right. Oh, it's not that big of a Do deal. Do you think then, it's huh? a big deal? Do you think it's a? You seem to think it's a huge deal. It's the perfect amount of deal, okay? Yeah. Because, as you yourself admitted on the record, this is a legally binding. We actually file these with the National Archives, so it's legally binding. Uh-huh. You admitted that it's not that big a difference. So what I'm saying is I'm getting a bigger screen for your words – your words, not that big a difference in size. No, no, no. I'm saying the 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 size. Okay, the 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 screen, the size of the screen difference is not. It's not that big of a difference. It's proportional to the additional weight and the additional, you know, uh, uh, annoy. Like the fact that you have to carry. It's a bigger phone that you have to carry. You have to fit in your pockets. Whatever. All of that stuff is commensurate with the size of the phone right so it's not that okay. big it's not that big of a of a it's not that much more of a hassle but it's not that much more of a mm. gain either and it's like why go through all that when you can just go with the you go with the regular size the good size the normal size you save a hundred bucks whether you care or not about that is fine you save a hundred bucks and you get a good size and a good a good experience and it's and you're just done there's no and two no hours fuss. less battery life I will give you the battery life. I will give you the battery exactly. life. But that's all Look, I'll give here's you. Here's the thing. Oh uh, yeah. Well, how about this? Look, if you want to look at this purely objectively, uh huh. There are three things that are undeniable. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thing the first, the benefit to the iPhone 14 Pro Max is that it has a larger battery. That is undeniable. Sure, sure. The benefit to the iPhone 14 Pro is that it is more portable, lighter, a little smaller, right? Mm -hmm. Undeniable. Mm -hmm. The third undeniable fact is that the iPhone 14 Pro Max is better, right? That's undeniable no, fact. No, 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 no. You lost me there. I was with you until okay. that. Okay, so if we take the first two undeniable facts, even though the third one is undeniable and you are denying it, no. so on the record, you are anti-truth. No, 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 um, no, no, no. This but is, I'll this even is set that aside news. for you. This is fake news. I'll set that aside for you, okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Two undeniable benefits. One is better battery life for the Pro Max, and one is smaller size for the 14 Pro. You yourself have said, in your own words, that it's not that big a difference. So you're negating 
or you're downplaying the only difference that benefits your position. The other difference, the battery, is not subjective and it is undeniably in favor of the 14 Pro Max. Okay, I changed my mind. It's actually a huge difference in oh, size. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. It's it's insurmountable. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Insurmountable, you say? Yes. So you're saying that that you're presented with an iPhone 14 Pro Max and it's you it can't be lifted. It can't be moved. I can't even fathom. I can't even like imagine that like I look mm-hmm. at I look at this phone right here and there can't possibly be anything bigger than this. There's no way. It would fall apart. It would tear a hole in the fabric of space and time. It would collapse under its own weight and create a black hole. (laughs) Oh, no. This is terrible. Apple has been shipping black holes for three years Sorry, a space black hole. Oh. Oh, yeah. That was... I'll give you that one, sir. Thank you. That was well done. Okay. Thank you. I think that settles the debate. Um, which is that the iPhone 14 Pro Max is better, and no. Noah admits it on the record. No, so let's no, move no, on no, 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 to no, the no, next no. feature, which is the 48 megapixel camera. Have you yes. had a chance to snap some some snaps with it? Not. I have not done much with the camera yet, and it's. I've been meaning to, and I'm excited to to see you know the new 48 megapixel because I've heard that it makes a big difference, and I'm especially interested to see how it does in uh, night mode because I just went the night before this phone came out I went to a park in uh, in San Francisco and I and it's a really cool park with an amazing view of the entire city but I tried to take some night mode fi- pictures and they turned out all right but not super great and I was thinking mm-hmm. the whole time like man I'll bet this phone is going to be a lot better for night mode so I am really interested to check it out I'm assuming you have gotten some some experience with these cameras uh, not a ton of experience with night mode because every time it's night, I've been doing battery tests on it. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, well, it's, you know, you do what you can. But I'll tell you what, Noah. What will you tell me? It's insane. It's absolutely this. I, I was skeptical. I had seen some initial cold water. People were like, oh, it's still an iPhone. Or uh, there's the fact that it uses the the uh the 12 megapixel resolution mm-hmm. um so it's not actually you know technically a 48 megapixel photo all the time mm-hmm. but holy moly does it look good i legitimately think that apple has solved the one thing that i wanted them to solve and that is the the so-called like iPhone photo effect. You know how every year, no matter how good the iPhone photos are, they have that like grain and smoothing, that image signal processor look to them. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Like it's legitimately, if I, here, look, I will show you this one photo, which I took with the macro lens, which by the way, macro mode is way better now. It legitimately looks like a DSLR, okay? Here it is. I'm not even going to show you uh, that. I'm not going to zoom in with the phone like by moving it closer because I can just zoom in on the screen here. This is a picture of a bee. You probably can't see that bee yet. 
Oh, wow. Look at that detail. That is unreal, dude. Wow, yeah. Look at that detail. That's pretty impressive. It's pretty nice. Now, there is one thing that bothers me about macro mode, and that is that by default, Apple likes to switch those cameras up around all automatically, which is dumb because why 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 would you do that why would you want to use a cropped in ultra wide when you have a 48 megapixel sensor right there so i was taking a bunch of photos of this b this is the one that i just showed you which as as we've seen has absolutely unbelievable amounts of detail but the next photo that i took was this What is what is this? <laughs> Smudgy, chunky, lumpy mess. Yeah, I see that. It's not the the 48 megapixel sensor is the best thing that Apple has ever put in an iPhone. It's truly unbelievable. I mean, look, here's a photo of some water, right? That looks like pretty detailed water. Let me zoom out for you. Like, you're, you can zoom so far in. There's so much detail. And yeah, this is 80 megabytes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's DSLR quality. Yeah, that's amazing. That's very cool. Uh, I definitely need to do some comparisons uh, with my uh, my camera here to, to see but uh, I think it's cool. Um, you know, obviously it's nice that you have the ability to take those full quality photos. There's obviously a reason why that's not the default because they take up so much space. Although I do have two yeah. terabytes of uh, iCloud storage, which is barely being used. So I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's nice to have that option if you're really into the uh, pro photography kind of stuff. But even just if you go with the regular 12 megapixel photos, they're still going to look better uh, because you're getting more detail and I don't know the details, but whatever algorithms they have are able to like pick the best pixels, whatever that means. And, and it makes the pictures look better. So it's really nice yeah. uh, that they, that they have, uh, that they have these improved cameras. Someone, okay, this is so stupid. Someone just said, Steve Jobs is rolling over in his grave. I have no idea what <laughs> <laughs> that's just so funny. We're talking about how it's the best camera that I've ever used in a smartphone and it has an insane amount of detail. And that apparently would be upsetting to Steve Jobs. He'd be like, ah, they made the cameras too good. One of my favorite things was how they were all shit. <laughs> like, what? I, Look, yeah, here's I a photo know. I just took of my eye on the screen. It's ridiculous, dude. And you just keep going and going and going. And it just keeps being sharp. I don't, it's, they're huge photos, but they're so worth it. It's actually insane. That is, that is very cool. And I'm, I'm, I definitely need to try it out and I'm, I'm excited to try it out now. Yeah, bro. When we, when I come, come up to California, we are going to go shoot some absolutely nuts photos 
I don't know. I mean, I've already done like a whole review of this thing, so I don't even know what I would do with those photos, but I just want to go out and use this camera because it's genuinely remarkable if it's not like freaking out and buzzing and going haywire. <laughs> of course. And I will say there were some really, really nice places uh, around here to take advantage of that camera, so I'm looking forward to it. You know what else I'm looking forward to? What else are you looking forward to? Your acknowledgement of how clean this transition to us ending the podcast was. That was about as clean as you could do it. Sure was. Thank you guys so much for watching this week's episode of Dark Mode. If you haven't had a chance to check out my full in-depth test of the iPhone 14 Pro Max, it's up on the channel now. It's definitely worth a watch. Uh, if only just for that like crazy camera moment, it was it was really something. It certainly was. But I have been your host, Luke Miani, and I've been your host, Noah Rubin. We'll see you next week. Have a great night.